Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Real Estate Matters for over nine years. The voice of real estate in Flagler County in Palm Coast, Florida. I'm Toby Tobin. I'm a Florida licensed commercial realtor with Grand Living Commercial Realty. On the phone with me today is trusty sidekick uh, Walker Douglas. He's Hello, up Toby. In, up in Maine. You don't sound like you're from Maine. I uh, I don't. I'm a hey man. I'm a. I've probably lived half my life in both Maine and Florida, but I'm a I'm a Florida man. No doubt about it. Uh, weren't you on the West Coast? I'm just up here riding out a statute of limitations. <laughs> I'm glad you could glad you could call in. Uh, we're sponsored every week by the Flagler County Home Builders Association by Klein Construction. American Village, a gated 55-plus community in which I am a resident, and have a community church, which is the church I attend. It's the traditional church, little tiny chapel in the in the hammock on A1A. So we're pretty much the end of September. We're If you're listening on the radio, it is the end of September, but we're recording this on Thursday. As of just before the recording of the show, 208 homes have been sold through MLS this September, and that compares to 195 last September. So this might be the first uh, first month or perhaps one other month where this year's sales exceeded last year's sales. Median price is a little bit off this month, $355,150. Compared to three hundred and seventy thousand nine hundred dollars one year ago, but that's significant, right? That's not noise. <clears throat> well, uh, September was was one of the higher months last year, and this it's probably a little noise and a little bit of a trend. The last couple months have been down a little bit, but still we're within an area. Sure we'll know. By the time we know whether it's noise or significant, it'll be too late. Yeah, that's that's the way real estate is. Looking, I mean, we're really at best case, we're looking at numbers that are a couple months old. Because if if you think about it, when you buy a house, the deal is struck when both the buyer and the seller sign the contract. Then you have to go through inspection and financing and the Typical closing is 45 to 60 days after the contract. And that's when it gets reported to MLS. That's when I first see it. And then maybe a week or two later, it shows up on the county clerk website as a deed filing. Can you imagine investing, buying, say, $400,000 worth of Walmart stock and all you knew was what it was selling for two months ago? <laughs> I have a friend who likes to send me ticker symbols without telling me anything about the company, and just he'll say, buy it. <laughs> and, I, and I trust him, so I do, and it never ends well. Well, why are you so su- stubbornly stupid? <laughs> it, it's... Uh, yeah, that's the question, Toby. So days on market is still holding fairly low, 37 days. 
And, and again, we've got a few more days where sales numbers for this month are going to come piling in. Homes listed, 907. That's uh, up from 891 a week ago. So that number, the number, it's, it's getting harder and harder to make the argument about lack of inventory being a reason for anything. But uh, of those 907, 324 new construction. So that's that's a trend that's continued for the last couple of years, really. That, that, uh, it, well, last year anyway, as interest rates have gone up, sellers of traditional homes have pulled back because they don't want to walk away from a 3% mortgage into a 7.5% mortgage. Pending homes dropped a little bit from 368 a week ago to 361. 159 of those are new construction. And then continuing the trend of more and more high-priced homes going through the market, there have been five homes sold for a million or more. Three of those are cash. Five of the top ten selling homes were for cash. And six of the bottom selling homes were for cash. In the middle, not so much. Had 135 single-family permits issued by the city through midday today. And 11 duplex permits, which, which counts as 22 dwelling units. No family permits so far this month. The slate development permit was issued to Advent hospital for their new cancer center right on the corner of I guess it's Hospital Drive and State Road 100. As you pull yeah. into the hospital from State Road 100, it's that lot on the left. They did a good job with the architecture of their hospital up there. Not every not every hospital architect, I guess they all have eyes for design, but obviously pragmatism is more important in a hospital environment than form, but I think they marry them both up very nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. They, the, the, the new hospital on Palm Coast Parkway is pretty striking. Interest rates, supply chain, labor shortages are still the market drivers, and the wave of new residents to Florida will come anyway, regardless of what the interest rate is or the inflation rate. You can jump in anytime, Walker. I know we don't have the face-to-face contact, so it's hard to. You you can't signal me very well. How are we going to stop the waves of people coming to Florida, Toby? Well, I <clears throat> I think uh, I I have a theory that I have not gone public with yet, but I think that the ultimately the thing that will slow down migration to Florida will be the number of association, um, homeowners associations, condo associations, all new development, literally all new development in in Florida is going to create an association. And sometimes uh, a CDD, in fact, CDDs are becoming more and more common. CDD is a community development district, and it's another form of, another layer of government, and it's really basically a funding source that allows the developer to use tax-free municipal bonds to fund 
the construction of their infrastructure roads, water, sewer, and their amenities. And then the CDD, uh, under the tax-free municipal bonds, has to pay that back over several years. And that's done through an assessment to the residents of the community. So you're telling me that you think ultimately one of the things that's going to stop growth in Florida is going to be the thing that is contributing to a lot of it right now is the mm-hmm. the development of homeowner association guided communities. Well, I, I really have. I wrote an article some years ago about the proliferation of associations and the little subheading after the title was, "Are we going to have enough lawyers?" And and I don't. That's a question you want to hear. <laughs> I mean, don't we always have enough lawyers? Uh, but anyway, the, you're, you're creating so many layers of uh, governance between the homeowner uh, and the outside world. You already have, you know, Palm Coast is, um, if you're a Palm Coast resident, you're subject to Palm Coast ordinances. But if you, for instance, if you live in Grand Haven, it's a perfect example. I lived there 11 years, and <clears throat> I was a member of the Master Homeowners Association board for a couple terms. And in Grand Haven, the entire Grand Haven development has many, many phases. And 1,901 entitled dwelling units. But they have condominiums mixed in. They have townhomes mixed in, and then they have separate phases or communities of single-family homes. And each of the phases of single-family homes has their own CCNRs, which are the <clears throat> regulations that tell you how many months you can rent your unit, if at all, um, whether you can have uh, political signs in your yard, if at all. Some of them have uh, a separate monthly fee for um, lawn maintenance, lawn and shrubbery maintenance. Some don't. And these are all governed by the Master Homeowners Association. So these folks are assessed based on whether they're also paying a lawn service or not. They have a Master Homeowners Association assessment. They have a CDD assessment. If they're one of the townhomes, they have an additional townhome assessment because the townhomes share responsibility for the roofs. And if you're, this is very interesting to me. Do, do you think that? Do you think that because of and Palm Coast probably isn't a great comparison because it is so you know basically essentially deed restricted outside of HOAs because it's such a you know it was a master plan at the time, mm-hmm. but. We talk all the time about the, the premiums that a lot or a house inside a master plan community get because they've got amenities and sidewalks and in maintained common areas. But mm-hmm. do you think Buried there's a point utilities, in the future? Sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly right. Do you think there's a point in the future where there's such a proliferation of master plan communities when compared to? houses outside of a master plan community where you don't have all those rules and fees that the opposite might happen that a premium might start to get commanded by the the old ITT lot house well it's, it's an interesting 
discussion point for sure. But the ITT lots uh, lack the amenities. They have swales instead of curbs and gutters. Uh, typically, the utilities aren't buried. No sidewalks. Can't park in the swale. But if uh, you want to put a Princess Diana shrine in, on your front porch or driveway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. One of the, uh, there, there are a couple issues that typically go along with a master plan community. One is they have an architectural review board that uh, tells you what, uh, for instance, in, uh, in uh, Tidelands condominiums where I was on the board, there as well, uh, one of the unit owners spent thousands of dollars putting in plantation shutters in their window without reading the documents first that said that all plantation shutters or, or all window treatments when viewed from the common areas have to be white. And these shutters were custom stained to match their dark cherry kitchen cabinets. They had to take them out. Well, listen, right. we're, uh, we're going quickly today. We've, we're at the break point. We'll try to take a short break. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Flagler County went straight to the front row when it came to the need and commitment. Free for all Friday, where local newsmakers talk it out. I mean, we don't swing from chandeliers or anything like that. That half-cent sales tax that we have collected over time has been used in great regards towards our school district. Hi, I'm David Ayers. Join me and Brian McMillan every Friday morning following the news at 9 on WNZF and worldwide on the Flagler Radio mobile app. Everybody, we're back for the second half of Real Estate Matters. Walker Douglas is up in Maine, but he's on the phone. Howdy. Howdy. Uh, we were just talking about uh, my experience in the Tidelands condominium community, which uh, I, I spent 12 years there. Wonderful place. But I was on the condo board when one of the residents put in some plantation shutters uh, thousands of dollars worth of plantation shutters that did not comply with the condominium documents. So they had to remove them. And the, the board has no choice but to enforce the rules because otherwise other residents can sue the board. Uh, the other issue with associations that I see getting probably worse and worse over time is the fact that associations are they're, they're self-governed. The members of the board are residents of the association. And some of these associations or communities are fairly small. You might have a community of just 20 homes that it was required to have a homeowners association created to maintain the common areas. And the underlying reason why that happens is in the old days, developers used to build a community, a new development, and they would put in all the horizontal infrastructure meeting municipal standards, and then when they were done, they sold off their lots, they conveyed the the common elements to the municipality who then maintained them in perpetuity. Municipalities are not taking that responsibility on anymore, so they're requiring 
the creation of some entity, and typically it's a homeowners association, a CDD, or condo association to take over the maintenance. So you have to have a governing body, and that's members of the community. And Any idea, Toby, what drove that shift from municipalities assuming the responsibility maintenance of infrastructure to developers and the communities they develop taking that responsibility? Well, I, I think it is because it probably is true that the, the additional tax dollars from the new residential units was not sufficient to cover all the maintenance and all of the other services that they still do provide. It's a, it, they just save money. Yeah, and once a, and once a municipality is saving money, they're not they're making money. They're not going the other direction. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I you asked uh, how do you slow down growth in Florida, and I think pretty soon, some, sometime in the future, we're, we'll have enough war stories uh, about homeowners associations. I mean, there are some associations today in Florida that have uh, higher off-duty policemen to be there to help maintain control and order. And you have neighbors, some ways, neighbors you know, who some learn ways to hate neighbors. Maybe this, is this the Jeff, or have we finally reached like the Jeffersonian ideal of these little self-governing sort of hamlets um, mm. around the country? That's a good point, and, and it's it's worth a discussion. And it's worth giving me a rebuttal if that's even a Jeffersonian concept. Okay. Do you want to rebut your own statement? Kind of, now. Go ahead. I don't think that's a Jeffersonian concept. <laughs> I agree. I wanted, to hear, <laughs> I wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> but the reality of living in the homeowner association community is you know, the, there are tons of pluses. One is uh, one of the responsibilities of the association is to maintain or improve property values. And that's a good thing for everybody. Uh, but one of the ways they, they do that is by having a whole bunch of rules and regulations like what, what your window treatments look like. Can you have a sign in your window? Uh, can you have signs on your car. You know, if you're a real estate agent, can you park in front of your own home in the uh, in the driveway as opposed to in the garage with a magnetic sign on your car? A lot of these communities, you cannot. Well, it's a tough sell. Americans don't like to be told what to do. That's why mm-hmm. we're Americans, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, how this but, country started. But, but we, we do like to tell our neighbors what to do. <laughs> And, and that's, that's a problem. I mean, can you imagine working for code enforcement? I, I, I can't imagine a job that would be more pressure than that. I'm sure you rack up some good stories pretty quickly, though. Mm-hmm. It's almost like kind of being a repo person. But somebody asked me once about uh, uh, running for office in their community. And they said, would I recommend it? And I said, well, you just have to ask a question. How many friends do you have in the community today? And then divide that number by two, because that's probably how many friends you'll have by the time you get off the board. 
true. Yeah. Well, that's 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 true of any sort of like political office, right? Mm -hmm. You know, anybody that's in a position that is essentially telling people, you know, making rules, Mm -hmm. writing legislation. Yeah, and and of course, if you're on board, it's not a paid position; it's a volunteer, strictly voluntary position. And and most most of the conflicts around our community uh, center center on enforcement of the the documents, which everybody is supposed to have read when they bought into the community, but most people don't. No. You know how boring those are to read? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're, if, you, if you're having trouble falling asleep at night, take your documents to bed with you. Well, maybe this is the answer to Robert, you know, Robert Putnam's Bowling Alone, which I mentioned a lot, um, where this, this sociologist um, laments the the deterioration of civic engagement in the United States, and says, you know, we don't have these clubs anymore. We don't have, you know, pe- these after school programs. Families getting involved. Maybe the HOA is the answer to the deterioration of civic engagement because it, for- it forces people to deal with each other as neighbors do. Yeah, but people are going to have to become more and more interested in being on the board. Typically. Boards have a very difficult time filling the positions. I know there are condo association more often than not when there was an election, maybe say two seats available, you'd only get two people to run. So there wasn't really even an election. Just the well, and it's hard, you know, especially a small community. You're going to run against somebody who lives down the street from you. It's a little bit awkward. Mm-hmm. But yet, I I know I've. I've said this to you before that the only thing worse than being on your condo board is not being on your condo board. It's accurate because the the boards have quite a bit of responsibility and quite a bit of power. Uh, one of the problems is that they turn over the board membership turns over fairly frequently, so it's hard to maintain continuity. Yeah, and there needs to be a lot of institutional knowledge. Once you get a couple hundred houses into a community, there are things that you wouldn't know would pop up, but every couple years they do. Maybe the grass over here, you know, maybe this pond isn't working right, this or that. And, you know, people have been around are really beneficial in those situations. Mm -hmm. And and I'm, I'm a big fan. I live in a gated community. Uh our community right now is not built out, so the developer is controlling the board. And um, maybe if you have a good, honest developer, that's the way it should stay. But, uh, you know, there are those who think that the ideal form of government is a benevolent dictator. Well, it's a good microcosm to test that theory. Mm-hmm. So the last legislative session in Tallahassee, passed the Live Local Act. They put an an additional $800 million into helping develop more affordable housing. Do you think that's a good thing? I I don't like when when more government is added in the name of affordable housing. I would prefer if government were taken away in the name of affordable housing, because I think that would actually work and be sustainable in the long term. 
well, housing would cost less to build if the government exactly. was less involved. Uh, and, exactly and, right. And government's uh, intrusion grows every year. What do you make of this of the concept of rezoning? Um, you know, so basically, Live Local says if you have a commercially zoned property, you want to turn it to multifamily. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you don't have to go through the public hearing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't think that's uh, I I think that's something that might have happened naturally anyway. I think zoning would have just impeded uh, what what the market would have done if left alone, because we're having we're you know, the whole bricks and mortar retail f- uh, formula has changed. We're, have, we're requiring less of it. Uh, so the conversion to multifamily housing, I think, makes sense. But we're running out well, of time. It, it, it begs the question of, is zoning even the right thing? We take it for granted that every, you know, zoning, zoning didn't really proliferate until, what, the 80s? Late 70s, 80s? Mm-hmm. Around the country? Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of, and the places that we design our zoning after are places that popped up before zoning. Well, I've said it before, I'll say it again. And look at how iconic Flagler Beach is. You couldn't recreate it under their present zoning. No. But we have to run. We're out of time. We'll be back next week. We hope you will. I think, Walker, are you going to be in town next week? I'll be in town. Yes, sir. Okay, so you'll be live. I'm Toby Tobin, and I approve this show.